Will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the chance to take time out of our busy schedules. Whether that be lessons to plan, papers to grade, texts to read, papers to write, administrative work to be done, or any of the other various and sundry tasks laid on our plates today. It's good for us to be gathered and be in your word together. Remind us of that blessing as we connect with your word during this chapel time today. In the name of Christ, we pray, and we all say together, amen. You may be seated. Our text for the day is going to be Psalm 119, uh, verses 105 to uh, 109. And um, I Despite the fact that I told you to pull out your Bibles on your smartphones or in the pews, uh, we are going to do responsive reading together of that psalm, but I still want you to keep your Bibles out because as I do the study with you, I'm going to ask you to reference back to certain verses. So um, I'm going to direct your attention to the screen right now so that we can do that together as a responsive reading. We begin. Your word is a lamp to my feet. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it. I am severely afflicted. Accept my free will offerings of praise, O Lord. I hold my life in my hands continually. Amen. I want to uh, paint a picture for you. And I want you to imagine that you live back in the time when this psalm was first written. And you live in a village. And there are no streetlights. There are not a lot of people around. And, and for whatever reason, you are walking out at night. Maybe you're a midwife and, and one of the wives in, in the local villages is about ready to give birth. And so you're out racing over there, or maybe you've just gotten word that your sheep or your goat has escaped the pen, and so you need to wander out and and try to find them. And as you walk, the only light you have access to is a simple oil lamp like this up on the screen. It doesn't give a whole lot of light. It basically illumines the ground around your feet and right in front of you. The going is slow because you travel on an unpaved road And there are rocks and bushes and things in the way. And it's easy for you to trip over a rock and twist an ankle. And as you walk in the bubble of light, you hear noises in the darkness around you. Snapping of sticks, the shuffling of feet in the dirt. The night just seems alive with those noises. And and you're not sure which noises are threats. And which ones are not? And then you see a faint glimmer just ahead. Eyes low to the ground. And you begin to wonder, are those eyes attached to a predator eyeing you as an easy meal? Or are they coldly assessing you as a predatory threat? And you, you grip your lamp tightly, thankful for the light. Thankful that you filled it with enough oil before you left. You know there's a source of refuge in this wild and dangerous darkness. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 
Life back in those ancient times was not an easy life to be had, very different from our own lives today. It was harder in many respects. Many were farmers. Their livelihood and subsistence was from the land itself. Children growing up in those times didn't look to the future and have the same hopes and dreams that we have today. But here you are in college. For many, you have a major and a direction pointed out for you. For others, you've marked the box undecided. For others, you'll switch that major two or three times before you settle down. You look down the road and believe with confidence that you'll finish up in four-ish years, get a job, maybe find that special someone, have kids, and the like. For you, the future looks clear. You can see far down that road. Back then, that wasn't the case. They didn't have the same kinds of options and choices that you and I have. In regards to occupations, for men, you pretty much were brought up to be what your father was, farmer, carpenter, fisherman. For women, you were taught skills for the home and how to be a wife and a mother. Even life expectancy was not the same. It is believed that there was a higher level of stillbirths and miscarriages. If you did happen to pass through those dangers, then your life expectancy was between about 40 to 50 years. But sickness or any other types of danger in the world could take you at any time. And so this image of light illuminating the feet and the path just in front is a good image of what life was probably like back then for them. But they were more concerned about the day-to-day affairs of life than they really were about the future, because the day-to-day life had enough worries of its own, and they didn't really have time to ponder what was down the road. It was a focus in the life of the here and now. So how did they understand God's Word as a light in the challenges of day-to-day life? How do they see Scripture giving them clear guidance and understanding as that symbol of light seems to suggest? For starters, one of the things I want to point out to you is that they didn't view Scripture like some Christians view Scripture today, but they view it as sort of a a spiritual encyclopedia or a Google search engine that told them what to do in every situation. But in a life fraught with physical and spiritual dangers and temptations, God's Word clearly taught about whom they should flee to, the source of their shelter, their protection, and their salvation. You see, it taught about Yahweh, the God who saves, the Yahweh whom acted in the Torah with his people. If you look at verse 109... We read this, I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your Torah. Your your text might say law, but a better rendering is Torah. Torah, the first five books of the Bible, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That section of Scripture that talked about God's actions with his people that culminated, that climaxed 
in him bringing salvation out of Egypt, their exodus out of Egypt into the promised land, and all the promises of God spoken of there in his word. You see, whatever dangers or temptations or sufferings they faced, they could always look back to remember the God who was faithful to them in the past and who would continue to be faithful to them in their present. And we see an example of this in the psalmist's cry in verse 107, if you go back and look at that. And he writes, I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. The physical and the spiritual sufferings that afflicted him, the psalmist, could find hope in the life-giving word of God. So what does this mean for us today? In many respects, while we believe our futures look bright and secure, secure, the reality is that we don't know what tomorrow will bring, let alone what the rest of today will bring. We tend not to look at our, to live our lives in the here and now. For instance, many of you, as I mentioned beforehand, have your eye on the prize of graduation. You, look, you work now for a hoped-for future, a bright future. And it's indeed my prayer that that will occur. But let's be honest. That road is fraught with many dangers, temptations, and sufferings of its own. You just don't know what will happen tomorrow, or as I said before, let alone the rest of today. How will you handle the stresses and rigor of academic life, of trying for many of you to work a part-time job while at the same time being a full-time student, or for those who suffer with various afflictions, whether that be physical or psychological, or for those as was given to me on my desk this morning, prayer requests from students who are dealing with loved ones going through life-threatening illnesses. What does it mean to be a student and to focus in all that while back home a mom or dad faces the news of having cancer? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And amidst the pressures, the struggles, the temptations, and the tears, we're reminded that God's light shines for us in the here and now. Of a God whom John says is the word who became flesh and walked among us. And if you put up that that John passage up there, I want us to read verses 4 and 5 together. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The word made flesh is that light that shines in the darkness of a God who endured our darkness of sin on the cross for us, who continues to walk with us in whatever we face in the here and now, of a resurrected Jesus who points to his wound marks as a reminder of the God 
who suffers with us. Who points us back to the assured eternal promises of Scripture, forgiveness, and new life in Christ. Especially in times when the earthly promises come up short. The lamp of the written word shows us the light of the word made flesh. And it's a word that we invite you to take part in, in whatever circumstances you face in life. Whether you are enjoying times of peace or enduring through times of trials and temptations, we invite you to take time out on these Mondays to be with us in God's word together. Amen. I am going to uh, um, go into a time of prayer right now, and I want to bring before you as a community a prayer request. Um, Some of you may know this already. Uh, Emily Beckman, who is uh, one of our admissions counselors, who is also an alum twice over from this institution, uh, her baby was born yesterday at 4 p.m., and Adeline Sue Beckman... And I'm told that she's 6 pounds, 15 ounces, and that she is doing well. Um, But there were some complications with Emily, and uh, there was some nausea and bleeding, and we found out that she had to go into surgery yesterday. They had to cauterize an artery that was bleeding, and she has been in ICU since then, and she should be in ICU all day today. They think that that they've got it and that the bleeding has stopped, but... We want to keep her in our prayers and her husband, Ryan, and of course for her little baby, Addie, as well, as they begin this new life together. Will you join me in prayer? Dearly Father, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Remind us always that you are the light that shines in the darkness of the world, as well as in the darkness of our hearts. We thank you for your presence in our lives through times of laughter and times of tears. And Lord God, we especially need times of joy right now as we celebrate with the birth of Adeline Sue Beckman. And we thank you, Lord God, for her health. Lord God, we ask that you be with the doctors and the nurses right now as Emily is recovering in the ICU. We pray that the bleeding is completely stopped and all is well, and that she will be released from the hospital in a couple days. Lord God, remind her that you are with her in the midst of all that and that you are her guide always. Lord God, also be with us in whatever trials that we may face right now and again through all our joys and all our sorrows. And in these prayer requests, Lord, we bring to you. In Jesus' name we pray together. Amen.